Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. And so here in Jeremiah, what has happened is that the people of God has turned away from him. So we're going to read Jeremiah 2, 13 through 14. So I want you to be ready because we're going to read a couple of scriptures, but I believe they're powerful. So I want you to elbow the person next to you and, and tell them, wake up, you know, open your heart. Receive this word. I want you guys to have ears that hear what the Lord is saying. So Jeremiah 2, 13 through 15 for my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked sisters that can hold no water at all. <laughs> Why has Israel become a slave? Why has he been plunder, carried away a splendor? So we see here, you know, that, that, that Israel is, is in slavery. So we wanna, we're going to find out why. So Jeremiah 19.4, and this is why. This is what happened. For Israel has forsaken me and turned this valley into a place of wickedness. The people burn incense to foreign gods. Idols never before acknowledged by this generation, by their ancestors, or by the kings of Judah. And they have filled this place with the blood of innocent children. They have built pa pagan shrines to Baal. And there they burned their sons as sacrifices to Baal. I have never commanded such a horrible deed. It never even crossed my, my mind to command such a thing. So you, we see the people of God. You know, that were chosen, that were in covenant with God, set apart, that the only true God revealed to them, you know, worshiping other idols. And not only that, sacrificing their children to other gods. And when I read that, I'm like, what? So I want you also to look at Jeremiah 32, 33 through 37. My people have turned their backs on me and have refused to return. Even though I diligently taught them, they would not receive instruction or obey. Say, obey. They have set up their abom abominable idols right in my own temple. Can you believe that? I'm telling you, this is not the fun story you want to hear. Defiling it. They have built pagan shrine shrines to Baal in the valley of Ben-Hinnon, and there they sacrifice their sons and daughters to Molech. I have never commanded such a horrible deed. It never even crossed my mind to command such a thing. What an incredible evil causing Judah to sin so greatly. And you're like, Liz, where are you going with this? You know, when I read the sacrifice of the sons and daughters, it, that sounds pretty familiar what is happening right now with our children in our society. With abortion, with pushing the sexual confusion on our children. And so we are not so very different 
I want you to see. So when I'm reading this, I'm thinking, who in the right mind will take their children and sacrifice it to another God? I cannot comprehend it. I was like, whoa, who's going to do that? But I, fe- I hear Jesus saying, Liz, it just did not start it with a big choice. It started when the people of God started, uh, started worshiping idols from the cultures around them. So the thing, it started when the people of God got very familiar with the culture around them. So it started with one little choice of intermarrying people from the different culture. It started with a little choice like hanging out with the people that God had already warned them not to hang out with, not to intermarry, and to not make any kind of relationships or commitments because they were, they did not worship God. So they started to mix the culture of the world with kingdom's culture. So I want to ask you, what is your culture? What is your culture? Culture is customs or way of life, right? And the way of life of a, a particular group of people, you know, is the typical pattern of behavior of a person or group. For example, I grew up, I was born and I grew up in Mexico, so my culture is Mexican or was Mexican. And uh, I married Hunter and he was from a different culture, he's from here. So when we got married, we find out pretty early that we were, we had different cultures, like very different cultures. And it has taken us, it took us years for us to learn to embrace different cultures and come up into one. But I want to tell you something. Culture can be learned and relearned. There's not such thing that I grew up like this, so this is how I behave, and this is how my culture is. (laughs) So when I came into Hunter's culture, I learned a new way of doing life. Then when I moved later to the United States, I had to learn Things are different. Like when there's a stop sign, you stop. <laughs> In my culture, there are suggestions. <laughs> you know, kind of like slow down, but not totally stop because you don't want to waste the gas. You know, if, if you're free, you keep going. So that's one example, but there are many, many examples. So what I want you to see here is that the people of God did not, start, did not end up with putting idols in the temple and sacrificing kids in one day. It started by relearning a different culture. But getting familiar with the culture of the, of the people around them that were not the culture of the kingdom of God. Something that I love about the, the culture of the kingdom of God is that It involves all the cultures of the world. My culture, your culture, whatever country you come from or or, or people group, all the cultures can submit to the kingdom culture. And that's how we become one body and we can become one family. But guess what? You've been from Argentina or Venezuela or, or France or Africa or Mexico or whatever, they cannot be greater 
Mexican is not greater than the culture of the kingdom. Is that good? Now, did you hear that? Wow. So when I was reading, they set up idols in the temple of God. And you know, the temple of God was sacred. That's what, the temple of God represented God's nearness with the people, with the Israelites. It's like, I am here with you. But I want you to think about something. You and I are now called the temple. Because in, that time, in the Old Testament, that was where the presence of God was. But if you have received Jesus in your heart, the Bible says that we are the temple. So touch here and say, I am the temple. Now let's talk about idols a little bit. As I said, I do come from a culture where idolatry is common. And I, there are idols or statues, shrines, incense, candles, all of that. But I know here in the American culture, uh, you, I don't see that as much as I saw it growing up. But what is an idol nowadays? What is an idol for us? Everything that we put above God's word and his commands is an idol. I'm going to say that again. Everything that we put above God's word and what he says is an idol. So let's talk about our idols. Is it you, is it me, your idol? Is it you, yourself? Is it your personality, your goals, your money, your dreams, your idol? And you say, Liz, what do you mean? You know when... I'm going to give you an example. The Bible very clearly says that we should not be equally joked with unbelievers. That if you are following Jesus, Jesus with all your heart, you have zero business getting into a relationship with someone that does not follow God. How many of you agree that with me that that's in the Bible? So we hear that, right? This is what God says. This is what the Bible says. But we don't obey because we some, when sometimes we think, well, I don't think right now that applies to me. So what's happening is that my opinion and my reasoning comes higher than what the Word of God says. So now when we do not submit to the Word of God, we are submitted to something else. You know, there's no like, I'm in between. I'm not ready yet. Even, you, you can't obey even when you're not ready. Because obedience never feels appealing, you know. But if you know the truth, another example I'm going to give you. I, I, I was hurt. And I know the word of God says that I have to forgive up to 70 times 7. And that I have to love my enemies. Right? And forgiveness, forgiveness is never easy. So sometimes I'm like, well, I'm not ready to forgive. I need healing. Oh, I'm not ready because they are so toxic. Or... I don't know, whatever. But you know, but, but then when we do not obey what he says, then we are obeying something else. So myself becomes my idol because what I say is higher than the word of God. How 
is the culture of this world right now influencing you and your decisions? Is the word of God your model and what you follow? Or is it human reasoning? You know, the ch our children that are growing under our care, do they know the difference between the, the culture of the world or the, or, the, or the culture of the kingdom of God? Are we sacrificing our kids because of our comfort? Are we, am I as a parent watching what I should not watch because it's, but I like it. But your kids, are they going to grow up knowing the difference? This is that we are different. We are not supposed to look the same as the world. We're supposed to be consecrated. We're supposed to be set apart for God. So we are not very different than the people of God then. And I'm here to warn you that when we do not submit to God, you submit to the spirit of the world. And this leads to captivity. I want to read Jeremiah 7, 18 through 11 to you guys. And, I, and this really spoke to me. I mean, all of that, but this is it. This is the thing. So when Jeremiah is telling the people, he, Jeremiah is not telling the people of God, you're going to be doomed, no, doomed, you're going to die. No, he's saying, repent. Come back to God. Turn back to the God of Jacob, of Abraham. Turn back to him. But, but then there were the, there were, Jeremiah was one prophet and there were other prophets and leaders that were saying stuff like, Jeremiah, you're crazy. Don't be so radical, Jeremiah. You, you, you don't know nothing about grace, Jeremiah. You're, you're just speaking harsh words. That's not going to happen. So Jeremiah 7, 8 says, don't be fooled into thinking that you will never suffer because the temple is here. It's a lie. Do you really think you can steal, murder, commit adultery, lie, and burn incense to Baal and all those other new gods of yours and then come here and stand before me in my temple and chant, we are safe. Only to go right back to all those evils again? Don't you yourselves admit that this temple which bears my name has become a den of thieves? Surely I see all the evil going on there. I, the Lord, have spoken. Now, you and I are the temple of God and the holy God. And what I see here, and I see this attitude amongst a lot of Christians, is that there is this minimization of the word of God and his statues. It's like we know what the Bible says and we go and do what we want because we are our own idol and we submit to what we want to do, not to what the Lord wants to do. 
But then we come to church in the Bible Belt and we feel the presence of God. But hear me, encounter church, hear me, young people, experiencing the presence of God does not mean obedience to God. You can come to church, you can go to a conference, you can feel the presence. But if we don't obey the word of God, and if this is not what we follow, if God is not who we submit to in our Lord, we are going to be captive. We are getting used to, and I don't want to encounter church to get used to, that we can gossip around and cause division and lie and pretend to be here like nothing happened. And the word of God says, I see all the evil going on. And you say, Liz, wow, you're being very harsh. I want to warn you. I don't want you to be captive. I want you to walk in the freedom that the word of God says we can have. I want us to see revival. I want us to be more anointed. But we, it's not, not going to happen unless we're set apart. Unless we have decided to be consecrated for him and him alone. In the heart of God behind all of this, this morning, as I'm getting ready and praying to deliver such a heavy message, but good message, I see the heart of God telling me, the reason is because I want you closer to me. And only the ones that have holy hands and a holy heart can stand closer to him and I want to be closer to him. We cannot come, service, hear the word as suggestions. We sit down and we hear the preaching and it's such a good suggestion. But we don't obey. And we think that we're not, gonna, not getting trapped by the devil. We're not getting trapped by the world. If we minimize, prioritize in the kingdom of God and God for our children, don't you think the world is at work in them already? Yeah. Our kids, more than ever before, need to be strong. Yes. Because they're going to have to stand up to this world. Yes. And being lukewarm is not going to train our children for the battle. And I am so glad the first people that translated the Bible did not think that the task was too harsh. Jeremiah 25, 11. So this is what happened. This entire land will become a desolate wasteland. Israel and her neighboring lands will serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. So the, the consequence of mixing cultures is captivity. We cannot partake of both. The Bible is very clear. <laughs> You're hot or cold, but not lukewarm. But I want you to think about Babylon, right? Who is Babylon nowadays in the New Testament? We read Revelation 17, 5. And on her forehead 
A name was written, a mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes, false religions and heresies. Now, when I think prostitutes, I don't want you to just picture, you know, a prostitute literally. But one of the words that God called Israel was a prostitute. Why? Because he was in, in a covenant with Israel and she turned her back to go and worship other gods. So this is when we are in covenant with God, but we don't want to obey because we value more our opinion, our comfort, our personality, whatever. So we are turned and say, oh, no, never mind. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to do what I feel like is right for my family right now. I want to do what is feel like I feel is good for me right now. And then Revelations 18.4. Then I hear, I heard, sorry, another voice calling from heaven. Come away from her, my people. Come away from her. Do not take part in her sins. Or you will be punished with her. I know this is not the typical verse. You're going to go to a church and listen nowadays. But it's in the word of God. I don't want you to live your life following Jesus. And pretend that there's not a consequence. Babylon represents the spirit of the world. Just the spirit of evil. The devil. But this is the thing, guys. I'm almost done. When Babylon started taking Israel captive, I always thought, it was like, Jeremiah got up one morning. He's like, Babylon is coming, repent. Da, 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 da. Well, probably he didn't say like that, but, you know, all of that. And then the next morning, they said, no, we don't want to repent. Nothing's going to happen. We're good. You're exaggerating, Jeremiah. You're crazy. You're too harsh. That's not what God says. And then the next morning, boom, Babylon came and poof, everything destroyed. The temple, everything. No. You know that there were three deportations in a couple of years before Babylon came and totally like leveled down the city and the temple? And in that, the first deportation Daniel was taking, the best was taking. The best of the leaders, the best of the princes. The best of the land, the smartest people, the trained people. The second, the, the, what's left that's really good, best, trained, royalty, pre, taking the best. So I have this question for you guys. Turn to the person next to you and say she has a question for you. Is Babylon, do you know what Babylon represents? You know, right? The spirit of the world, evil. Is Babylon taking your best years? The best of your time? The best of your children? The best of your strength? If we don't stop mixing the culture of the world with the, with the culture of the kingdom, we will be completely destroyed little by little. It's subtle. Until you are in a situation 
until you're in a position that you don't even feel nothing anymore for disobeying the word of God. And I've been there before. It's like nothing. It's like this. Nothing. People sacrificing their children to Baal. Nothing. It's like nothing's happening. And when I want to talk a little bit about conviction, because some people say, well, I'm not convicted yet. There are things that I'm not convicted yet, but I obey because of the word of God says. And I want to tell you one. Most of the time, I'm not convicted about forgiving people. I'm angry. <laughs> you know, I'm not convicted. I don't want to be in the situation. I don't want to see them. I don't want to do this. All honesty. And I don't feel conviction. I don't wake up feeling like the Holy Spirit convicted me. No. But I know because God is my Lord. And he says that I ought to forgive up to seven times, 70, 70 times seven. And he also says that what do I gain by loving those who just love me? But that I ought to love those that do not love me and will never give me anything back. That is kingdom culture. And it's different than when the world is saying and shouting at us. And, and, and the Lord, and, and with, when I hear, when God is telling me this, I am like, the culture of the world already in my flesh is like, oh, wow, no, Liz, like, I'm sure you're fine. You're fine. But no, I decided to submit myself to God and say, search my heart. Where am I deceived? Where am I allowing? What am I watching? That is infiltrating. What am I listening that is infiltrating? What kind of words am I using that's infiltrating my children? What am I doing? Lord, show me. So this is the last verse of what I hear God is telling us. I feel like this is what God is saying in Counter Church. And I want all my friends here and members of our church and leaders and pastors to hear this to open your heart it's jeremiah 6 16. this is what the lord says in counter church and i want you to maybe write it take note and take it home and pray about this this is what the lord says stop at the crossroads and look around we need to stop where we're going. So look around. Ask for the all godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. The all godly way. Say, the all godly, this is the all godly way. Walk in this. Walk in this. Do not compromise. Do not give your, Babylon is going to take the best of you, little by little. Mixing cultures leads to captivity. 
And this is not the life that we're called to live. So I'm here to ask you, what is your culture? Are you holding into how you were raised? Are you holding into what you think church should be? Or are you reading this book and relearning the kingdom culture? I have been searching my heart. And this is always hard because the culture of this world is always pressing that we must have it all together, right? Like, one of the things of this culture is like, when God is showing you something, you feel bad because you thought you had it all together because somehow we need to have it all together, like if we could have it all together in our own strength. So that's a lie. We don't know. No one has it all together. And this is not, just so you know, about legalism or perfection. No. This is about a life of integrity, of repenting and coming closer to him. And you're saying, Liz, but how about grace? Well, thanks to grace and that Jesus died at the cross that we can actually do this. Grace is not the excuse to sin. Grace is the power to overcome sin. So do not use grace wrong because it costs the life of Jesus. It is not something lightly. It's a gift of sanctification. Galatians 5, 19 to 21 says, Now the practices of the sinful nature are clearly evident. They are sexual immorality, which, uh, you know, we're talking about fornication, adultery, homosexuality, addictions to pornography, lustful way of thinking. Again, you don't commit fornication or adultery the next day someone knocking on your door. But everything starts by watching pornography. Everything starts by allowing people around you to water it down. It's not a big deal. Listen to this. Do this. Try this. Watch this movie. Impurity. Sensuality. Total irresponsibility. Lack of self-control. Idolatry. Which I don't want you to picture idols. I want you to picture ourselves and our opinions and our reasoning that sometimes comes before God. Sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, disputes, dissensions, and factions that promote heresies. Envy. And now, like, we have this cup out about, I compare myself, I compare myself. No, we're just jealous. And we need to repent sometimes. I'm not saying always, but most of the time. <laughs> Drunkenness, riotous behavior, and other things like this. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
That's what the Bible says. Regardless, if you come to church, I'm saying, Liz, does it mean that I have to have this perfect list? No. It means that you're getting closer and closer and submit. And the more you submit to him, and the more you say, yes, his grace covers you and changes you because you're closer to his holiness. So this whole deal is not about making you feel bad. I'm just warning you because I feel like some of us are at a crossroads. You're going to have to look around and choose a way you're going to go. But do not think, but not even deciding, you decide. But not even decided what road you're going to take. You are deciding not to take it. I want us to close our eyes. And I want you to hear this scripture. 2 Corinthians 6, 6 and through 18. In what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among the unbelievers. Come out from the culture of this world and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will become and I will welcome you and I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And I love Jeremiah 33, 31.3. This is the heart of God. I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. And it is the love of God here that is drawing you. Drawing you. And I want to invite you, if he's drawing you, the altar is open. If you want to come and just ask God, search my heart. I want you to come. I want you to come and just surrender your life. Even if you have to repent. Or maybe you just want to recommit your life to Him. Maybe you want to make a stand today and say, yes, I am looking at the crossroads. And I am choosing the godly way. And I feel that God is convicting us from lying, from fornication, from adultery, to pride. It does not matter what size or what kind of sin. So I want to invite the altar and I want you to come and make a stand. Choose the godly way and recommit. He's calling you because He wants to be closer to you and because He wants to pour more of His anointing. But only you can make this decision.
would you search my heart, God? Would you bring me to more freedom? Will you search? Will you shine your light in my heart? He wants you closer. Come to Him. And you know what the amazing thing of all this is? Is that He he is the one that has the power to forgive. And the power to set us free. From anything that that, that keeps us in bondage. Holy Spirit, we come. Show me my heart. Show me the condition of my heart. Show me if I have allowed the culture of the world. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through His Word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.